0: In the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen when my parents were alive they were uh, became good friends with the amish community up in southeastern minnesota and uh, three of the young amish guys that turned our barn into a restaurant they used to like to come over and borrow my dad's dog and go coon hunting in his woods and sometimes they would come and stay the whole day and then go out at night with the dog but uh, when they were there in the daytime they said hey bill you got anything that you want us to do for you? <laughs> My dad said, oh, "Oh boy, do I?" He said, uh, that uh, the little barn here you can't get a tractor, and that manure has to all be pitched out by hand." They said, "That's exactly the kind of thing we're good at, stuff by hand." And so then they were doing that. And when he hauled the loads out, they said, "Hey, you got anything for us to do while we wait?" And he said, well, yes, I do. I, there's that big oak tree behind the house that has to be all cut up and split and put in the garage for firewood. Okay. So while they waited, they completely cut up that tree and then pitched out all the manure by hand. That's, that, that's pretty pretty good use of your time while you wait. That's kind of the theme of the gospel lesson for today. What are we doing while we wait? What is the work that we do while we wait? It's kind of a... Uh, Maybe a a little bit of an answer to last week's question uh, about the five wise and the five foolish virgins who weren't prepared while they were waiting. And this is a a continuation of that story. The story is pretty straightforward. There's a uh, master who is going on a long, long journey. Read, Jesus isn't coming back when you thought he would. And this master is giving his wealth to three of his servants. So he gives one five talents worth of, that would be silver, it's a measurement of weight. And he gives one two, and he gives the other one one. And after he's gone a long time, comes back, and the one with the five talents says, See, I took your five talents, I put them to work, I invested them, and uh, I made five more. Here you go, ten talents. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And the one with two talents said, I did the same thing. I put him to work, went out there and invested him, got him working for you, and and made two more. Here's four talents back for you. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And then the third servant came. And this wasn't as good. And he said, well, I, I knew you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you did not scatter, so I was afraid, and I took your money and I hid it in the ground. Here you go. You wicked and lazy servant. If you thought I was a harsh man, reaping where I did not sow and gathering where I did not scatter, you should have at least taken my money and given it to the bankers so I could get what was mine plus interest, as Andrea said. So therefore, take that from him, give it to the one who has ten, bind this guy and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's the good news. Okay. So if we look at this uh, story, there's, we need a, probably a little bit of background on this. In the first place, a talent was a measurement of weight. It was like a pound or a, a, a ton or an ounce or a gram or a kilogram. It was, some, it was a measure of weight. And what it really uh, was, was for measuring silver. So one talent weight of silver was about 80 pounds of pure silver and two was you know twice that and five was. so uh let me translate this into uh, your wages at that time the average laborer got one denarius a day we know that from the parable of the vineyard and so that was that was the usual wage standard wage one denarius per day at that rate the average laborer would have to work 20 years and take everything that he earned in 20 years to make one talent worth of silver. That's impressive. The guy with two talents had 40 years worth of wages. The guy with five talents had 100 years worth of wages. Take whatever you have earned in 100 years, and that's what he gave him. Now, usually in Jesus' parables, there are things that are either surprising or uh, exaggerated. And in this case, it's the amount. And that's, that's, that's a startling amount. A hundred years worth of wages he get handed over to this servant or 40 years or even 20 is a bunch. And so that's the thing that is surprising. Now, if we look at this parable in terms of, uh, I'm going to do this for Eddie, evangelism, uh, then what the parable is saying is we have been given something that is tremendously valuable of inestimable value and that would be the gospel message of god's love and forgiveness the fact that god can't get enough of us that he cannot not love us because we are part of him and he is part of us that he can never let go of loving us the gospel message of forgiveness and grace that's it it's so priceless Then the question is, um, so what are we going to do with that? And you can see why he was a little, the master was a little teed off with the third servant. Because he took the precious gospel message, in this case, and buried it in the ground. Well, no wonder he wasn't very happy with him. The guy was probably a Lutheran. Uh, but, you know, the other two, and, and, it's, and it seemed like his attitude was much different than the other two. The first two servants, they weren't scared. They weren't worried that they were going to screw up something and, you know, had one foot in heaven, one foot in hell, depending on which foot they were leaning at the time Jesus came back. Oh, no. No, no. They, they went out and invested. And if they messed up, well, all right, they were doing something anyway. And, but the third guy, ooh, I, I knew you were a harsh man. His, his viewpoint of God is much, much different you can see them the first two guys I knew you were a harsh man and so I was I was uh, scared and and I and I bear the ground here you go "Eh," wrong answer now if we look at we can look at the parable um, from a stewardship standpoint Dick that's for you and uh, if we look at it in that way then we would say uh, that we would interpret these talents metaphorically and that you've probably heard this before like what are your talents in terms of your abilities instead of a measure of weight of silver talents in the sense of what's what's the stuff you can do what are your abilities what talents do you have and so in that case then the parable would be saying we need to look one what are your talents two are you developing them and working on them and three do you ever use them for anything worthwhile so I'll ask the first question first. Um, Becky, what are your talents? <laughs> I can she can garden. Yes, clean house. clean house, garden. Okay. Um, volunteer. volunteer. Yeah. Mike, what are your talents? Raise food. Raise food okay. June, what are your talents? See, this is my point. I think that, you know, if I go around and ask people what are their talents, most people are kind of like, eh, I don't know, I, you know. Uh, but, but we need to be clear that we do have talents. There, there are people who have talents and they're not even aware of what they are. And then secondly, to develop those talents. So Marilyn has some talent for playing the organ, but she develops that talent. There may be greater organists in the world, but nobody works at it harder than Marilyn. <laughs> She practices every day except Saturdays, I think, okay? There are people who can preach. There are people who can teach. There are people who can heal, nurses. There are people who can cook. There are people who can be good homemakers, people who grow food and garden. There are people who are organizers, people who are number crunchers. won't mention your names, Nancy, but, uh, you know, people people who can fix things, Bill. Uh, So there are all kinds, we have all kinds of talents. We do, but we need to know what they are develop them, and then use them. So I remember when I first decided that I was going to come back in the parish over here, and I told Deborah, <laughs> Deborah said, what am I going to do? So said, I can't play the organ. I can't teach Sunday school. I can't stand up in front of people and talk. What am I supposed to do? And of course, you know what I told her, that she had to three, geez, just the three things. You, you have to go, uh, you have to be yourself, and you have to support me in public, but you can gripe at home. Uh, the... The, the third one, she never has gotten, but uh, she <laughs> kind of tried, but never really got it. Uh, so, you know, but uh, there was that, but, but uh, at the risk of embarrassing Deborah, D- Deborah has, not that I would ever do that, De- Deborah has the gift of hospitality. Deborah can make people feel welcome, can make them feel at home, can make them feel comfortable. She can do that and she has the gift of visitation if i ever can get her to go with me to visit hospital or nursing home she's tremendous at it well she didn't even know she had these things i don't think and i think for a lot of us we have talents that we we're not even sure we have and if somebody "Ah, oh, i don't know and so we develop those talents and then we utilize them we put our talents to work and then if we want to combine the meaning of these two parables for both evangelism and stewardship, then it would go like this. The Lord God has given us a tremendous, valuable thing, the gospel message of his love and forgiveness. And he has given us many talents that we can use in the service of that to spread that around. And if we do that, it's going to go well. And then at the end time, after a long journey, when the master does come back, then we will hear this. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.